0: Originally, this was not going to be the topic of discussion this weekend, but I did not realize how soon. Half of my weekend has already passed, and tomorrow I only had one day left, and today it was kind of hectic. Well, actually, recently my schedule has been kind of hectic. One, because I started uh, waking up at 6 a few weeks ago. Yeah, for quite a few weeks now. And why am I waking up at 6, you ask? It's because I wanted to work out and do more things before I had to work at around 12.30 to one thirty, depending on what day I'm working. Now, the whole purpose of this year... <laughs> well, not just this year, from this point on, was to really put in the effort and find out my alternative route, considering uh, career-wise or what I want to do with my future. And it took a lot of courage and it also took a lot of conversations to really cut off my plan Bs. I've always had this inkling to retreat back to medical school. Oh, if this is not working out, yeah, let me, I have the background. I'll just go back to some sort of like radio tech school and get the degree, get the certificate, uh, work at some hospital and call it a day. But if I continue to do so, I'm not going to live the life that I wanted to live. So I had to figure out what I want to do. And just thinking about it doesn't really do me any good. I have to put in work, I have to put in the work to become the person, the identity that I want to obtain. So in order to become the person I want to be, I have to start doing things that will help me become that person. Wow, I saw this video on YouTube and they explained it 10 times better than I did, but I decided to create more content on YouTube why YouTube. To be honest, I did not think YouTube would be a salvageable option. But as you can see, there are many people who are famous YouTubers, making money, blah, 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 etc. But that's not really the reason why I want to start YouTube again. The reason was because I want to have a source of income that is not limited to my location so that if I want to move to different cities, different countries, I don't have to worry about, oh, if I do want to move, how am I going to generate revenue? And also if I create content, it is something that I don't want to say it's unique, but it's true to what I want to make instead of what is expected of me in a professional setting. Like if I'm at a school, I have to teach. If I'm doing any other job. I have to perform those duties. But if I'm making YouTube videos, no one is forcing me to make any specific type of content. It's just something that I want to do. So in a sense, I can be my own boss. Now, it's not easy because there are many things you have to consider, such as the YouTube algorithm, what kind of content you want to create that is also appealing to your audience and how do you keep your channel to stay relevant? How do you, I guess, it's like, how do you survive in the waves of new YouTubes and new YouTubers? How do you make yourself stand out from the crowd and secure your own audience? Those are the things that I didn't really want to think about. For me, I just wanted to make things that I want to make, but my significant other reminded me that if you want to have this as a source of revenue, you have to consider from your audience perspective. And I agree. But before I think about that, I have to start making videos first. If I don't have content, no matter how hard I think, I can have all these theories, but I don't have any actions. So starting last week, I filmed... um an eating show but that one was a very impulsive decision and then what i really wanted to invest my time on was sort of like a food blog i wanted to utilize the advantages of being in korea physically right now to try out all the foods that i like and maybe even foods that i don't like in the korean cuisine for people who are abroad and cannot eat it for themselves so that's what i wanted to do so i wanted to focus on a certain type of cuisine for a few episodes and then change to another one and another one and another one and another one so kind of like a food review channel but uh less snobby I'm just trying to enjoy food that people cannot. So the viewers can live vigorously through me as they explore virtually with me all the millions of restaurants that they have in Korea. One thing I noticed is that the turnover rates for stores are super, super fast. So one store will be here for six months and then a few months later it will be a new store. So there are always new stores constantly popping up so there's essentially limitless or endless uh, locations for me to try out, for me to not necessarily review. And also wanted to integrate my own editing style and narrating style, I guess, with the videos that I create to hopefully be able to offer my my own take on food blogging, I guess. So on the weekends when we're free, we would find a restaurant, go eat, film. And then the following week, every day I would, um, it would take me about one to three hours. I would try to edit bit by bit every day before I go to work. And by the end of the week, I would upload the food blog video onto my new channel that I haven't really created yet because I'm still editing my video. However, however... That's what I have been doing. And on top of that, I also have just like a random for fun mukbang video on my personal channel that is filmed Friday night after work, literally at around 10.30 to 11 p.m. And with that video, I edit it as well and I try to post it on the following Monday. So I have a lot of editing going on. And aside from editing, when I wake up at 6, from 6.30 to 7.30, I also go work out. So I wanted to try out new forms of workouts before I only did at home with Chloe Ting. Now, I signed up with the gym and I'm trying to do some weight training, I guess. I've been doing squats, bench press, and deadlift. So it was something I wanted to try, but I didn't really commit to. However, this year I signed a one-year contract so that I have to go. I have to go. And so far it has been great. I can't really see any results yet aside from the blisters on my hand, but it feels good after a workout because we take a 30 minute, well, we're supposed to take a 30 minute blah, 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 30 minute nap except I don't wake up after 30 minutes. Mine usually lasts about 45 minutes to an hour, but it feels great after the nap and I'll wake up and edit, eat, go to work. It's kind of crazy to realize that next week will be my 11th week as a teacher. My kids are already taking achievement tests. So those are the tests that determines if you level up or level down. That means a few more weeks later, I think two or three more weeks later, it's the end of a term. I have been teaching for almost an entire term and I still cannot believe that I I'm a teacher. In many aspects, I still feel like a noob as I should be because this is my first time teaching and I'm constantly asking my colleagues, which I kind of feel sorry, I don't want to be a bother, but I'm constantly asking them questions to confirm when there's like a certain test coming up or there's a changes in schedules. I just want to Be sure that I'm on the right page, that whatever I'm teaching to kids are what I'm supposed to be teaching. I'm doing all my grades. I'm entering all my grades in on time. That was one of my biggest worry was, oh, I'm going to mess up the grading schedule. Then the kids won't get their grades on time. Parents complain, blah, blah, blah. But so far, I've been doing a pretty good job. I think, thankfully, it was also because I only have 58 students, so it's not as hectic as... Other teachers, since they have a lot, they have a lot of big classes, which is kind of scary because whenever you have to do like student comments and like grading and testing and essays and stuff, we have the same amount of time to complete grading and entering the grades. So, in general, I have a little bit more leeway than them because I have less students but I think that will change with next school term it's like this school term was their way of giving me just a little bit less classes so I can adjust to teaching and then oh next term they're probably going to give me more classes with more students but it seems like I will also be teaching different levels as well. So I'm excited and also a little bit scared. Excited because I can finally meet some new students that perhaps will communicate with me, that would actually have a discussion with me. The kids that I have right now for like the upper class level, the kids that are slightly older, my kids are extremely shy. So their responses are really, really short. And 85% of the time it's just me talking in the class when I'm trying to facilitate a conversation. So I just really want a class that is actually excited to discuss about the books. You know, I feel like I'm the only one reading (laughs) and I don't think that is good. (laughs) I want to, I'm not, how should I say, how should I say, it's like my, I don't feel confident enough as a teacher, to implement certain kind of action or create a persona in front of my kids, because some other teachers they are very they're very experienced, so that whenever they walk into a class, they just exert this presence that even I can feel, and you're like, oh, she this this is gonna be my teacher. She's really cool. She knows what to do. Blah blah blah. But right now, I feel like I. I'm probably still giving off this vibe that, yeah, she's kind of new. She's not very strict and we can do whatever we want. Sometimes, sometimes I feel that, especially with the kids that are younger. So like first grade, second grade or third grade, I think maybe they're in third grade. I can't tell. They're all so young, but some of them are also really smart. So with the younger classes, it's a little bit harder to manage since they have less attention span and they realize that I don't speak Korean so they can talk in Korean and blah 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 and recently I've been a little bit tougher on them. (laughs) I don't want to. I didn't want to be the, the kind of teacher that was not fun, that was strict or mean. I wanted to be a fun teacher that you know we can go through a lesson together and after the lesson you can go home and relax, right? You don't have to feel stressed about your class. But I think because my image is so soft, the kids are sometimes not listening to me. And recently we started a new type of classes that kind of extends their class time by, oh, is it is it doubling it? I can't tell. But it's extending an extra period. And for kids, it's really hard for them because by the time they get to me, which is at, towards the end of the class, they're already tired, they're already bored. And whenever I'm trying to carry on with the class, they're just kind of not wanting to respond. And I understand how they feel and I also feel bad for them because I don't know if I would be able to stay focused for that period of time if I was their age but lately they've just been more and more brave in terms of just not listening and being loud and like be quiet please blah 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 let's get to do this together they would continue to talk and a few occasions I had to what is the word? Oh, I don't like it when teachers do that. It's like, if you 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 know, if you continue to talk, then I'm going to send you to the hallway. Like, obviously, standing in the hallway in front of all the other kids and all the other classes is very humiliating, right? I don't want to do that. But there's always that one or two kid that is very talkative and it disrupts the entire class. And if I can't make them quiet, the entire class cannot proceed in peace. So there were several times where I was like, So-and-so, if you don't stop talking, I'm going to send you to the hallway. I don't like saying stuff like that, but recently I caught myself saying that phrase a lot more because I just feel like I'm losing a grip on my classes and it feels a little bit frustrating and I just feel so noob. It's like with the Korean teachers, my Korean co-teachers. I mean, first of all, they speak Korean, right? So... Obviously, the kids are not going to talk in front of her because she knows what they're saying and she can scold them, (laughs) which I'm afraid to do so because I don't want to, I guess, hurt feelings or whatever. But I feel bad for them. At the same time, I also feel a little frustrated because I can't keep classes under control the way I had been in the beginning. And... I think partially it's because in the beginning, they're kind of shy. They don't really know who I am. But by now, they've figured out what kind of person I am and what are some things that they can get away with. So I still have to continue to try out different ways to make them stay quiet and as focused as possible to carry on with all of the lessons that we have left. It's just a few weeks left, kids. Hang on and we can push through this together. As with the older kids, uh, I think my favorite bunch are the third grader, the third or second graders, because yeah, third graders, since they still have this curiosity to learn, they are very energized in class. Once you get one year older, like the fourth, fifth grader, oh my God, they like stop. Kind of caring. They just exist in the classroom, don't really want to talk. They, no, they don't really want to talk in English, but they want to talk in Korean, especially with classes that have a lot of boys, because, you know, at that age, boys are starting to become some boys, not all boys, troublemakers, and they're just doing things on purpose to tick off the teachers. And with the fourth graders, it's harder to make them stay quiet because they are just being rebellious on purpose. And those are the classes that after I teach them I feel kind of exhausted because obviously I see there are kids in there that actually want to learn, but they're so quiet and the kids that are talkative continues to talk even though I tell them to be quiet, send them to hallways, blah blah blah. They just don't care. They don't want to be there and they're just doing everything that they can to disrupt the class. And sometimes it feels frustrating. I wish I can magically obtain the Korean in one night. So one, understand their conversation. Two, tell them to be quiet in Korean, which I do know how to say, but they understand that I don't understand Korean. So even though if I say, they can say a bunch of stuff. Back to me that I have no idea what they're talking about. So my Korean co-teacher, she is a saint and she's always checking up on me and be like, Are they doing good? Blah blah blah. If so and so is talking, like send them to my office. Like I'll I'll take care of them. I don't really want to do that, but these kids be pushing my buttons. They be really pushing my buttons. And I am just afraid that I'm losing my passion. As if I had a passion to teach. But I just feel like they are just shaving off my patience. Which I need a lot of when I need to teach kids. But on some days, we still have fun. Like yesterday, we were talking about shapes and then why different shapes have different uses. We're talking about circles and how circle is different than triangles and rectangles and triangles, rectangles and lines. I'm like asking my kids, oh, so what are some things that you see in your life that are circular? And they're like wheels, glasses, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, so take, um, take the wheels, for example. Uh, the shape of the wheel is a circle, right? Why do you think the wheels are a circle? Well, because it rolls better if it's a circle. It's like, great. So think about this. If we replace the wheel's shape with a square, how do you think that would change, uh, that change how buses runs? They're like, oh, they start laughing and they realize blah, blah, blah. So it's, uh, sometimes we have these fun moments with specific classes. Oh yeah, yesterday with the extended class, we were talking about cooking. Yeah, words like slicing and boiling and stuff. And there was one activity where they have to ride, ride, write the steps on how to create your favorite dish. And they were done really quickly, because these kids are really smart. So after they were done, one of the kids, well, the most talkative kid, she started to <laughs> she started to come up with this story that involves a potato being killed. Now. The joke started when we were trying to fill in the blank. The blank was the man was slicing the bread, okay? But because of the mask, you can't really hear, oh, not slicing, peeling. The man was peeling the potato. But because of the mask, you can't really hear words or enunciations very clearly. So I was like, okay, the word is peeling. And then the kids are like, huh? Killing? No, 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 no. Not killing. Peeling. So that was the that was the root of a story called the potato story with an evil fox and a smart rabbit. So she started this story by drawing the arm of a fox. So the fox is holding a knife, and the knife is inching towards a potato, and the potato's face is shock. So the potato is shooketh, next scene, the potato gets sliced or killed or peeled, and the soul of the potato is ascending to potato heaven. And then apparently, the fox killed-slash-peeled the potato and cook it, and then put it on a trap. And then the rabbit saw the potato and the rabbit said, yay, potato. And the rabbit ate the potato. The fox pulled the trigger and the rabbit fell in the trap. Then the fox was boiling a pot of water, which were words that we learned. And then as the fox is boiling the water, the rabbit somehow escape from the trap and has this like evil shiny eyes behind the fox who's like happily boiling this pot of water that he's gonna use to cook the rabbit in. And then the rabbit stabbed the fox and the fox died. And then fox, rabbit, potato, they all bowed at the very last scene. And it says, thank you very much. Like as if they're just bowing to thank the audience for watching. And this was all illustrated on our whiteboard. So when my co-teacher Korean co-teacher came in, she's like, "What is this?" I had to explain the whole joke over. It was because we couldn't hear the word peeling versus killing. so they decided to kill the potato and write a story and draw a story about it. So yesterday, that was really fun. That was the highlight of my day. Moments like this usually picks me up when I feel down about my ability to teach when I question if what I'm doing is right, if I'm good enough to be a teacher. I've always heard worse examples of teachers who have taught here, but honestly, I did not want to be one of them. I wanted to do better if I can. I don't want to just, you know, press the cruise control, go to work, clock out. I still want to be a positive influence to these kids. I want them to have as much fun as possible at these hagwon at these academies you know despite the hectic schedules that they have to do every single day monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and repeat the week after the amount of time they have to spend studying and going to academy is so crazy i'm so lucky that i did not have to do that so I wanted to be a source of happiness. I didn't want to be like a mean teacher that they just dread coming to class to. But everything will reset fairly soon. Once a new semester starts, I'm going to start from scratch as well. Learning all the students' names, learning their learning styles, learning if they're shy or outgoing, and learning how to control the class. It's exciting and also scary at the same time. It's like being a noob again. But then again, every day I'm kind of like being a noob again. So that should not be a big problem. I just want to do well. And I think there's a Zoom training session a few weeks ahead to teach us about the new semester. Excited, scared. Hopefully there are some similarities with this semester. So I'm not completely starting off from scratch again. I remember during training week, I was so stressed because I did not want to be cut. And here I am, I wasn't cut. So hopefully the next training session will go out for me as well. So that was a little quick rant. I didn't necessarily intend it for it to be about this, but recently I've just been having these thoughts about my ability to control the class, the kids that I'm teaching, some frustrations, and I just wanted to get it out of my system. So that I can start next week brand new. And just finish the school term strong or as strong as I can be. I will do my best until the very end as always. And every day I'm always learning something new. So thanks to my coworkers and people who are willing to give me advice and help as well. So thank you for listening to the 22nd podcast of lactose intolerance. I am looking forward to introduce my new channel and more new contents to you in the upcoming weeks or so oh yeah next week is solar 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 Korean New year so happy early New year happy lunar New year stay safe and I'll see you next week